you seek the key. But first, you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system up to a 313-mile range and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. Market insight and analysis. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Good Wednesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer at the New York Stock Exchange. David Faber has the morning off. As you can see, Dow Futures down almost 300 as the 210 yield curve inverts for the first time since 07. That along with some disappointing China data, Germany's economy officially in contraction, adding to worries about global growth. Europe is red. DAX down about 2%. Our 30-year yield hits a record low of nearly 201. So a lot's been said already today, Jim, about the curve, what it means for the timing of a recession. And we should point out, it doesn't necessarily mean stocks start going down. Well, look, I, I, have, the unfor- I have the list in my hands, kind of like uh, Senator McCarthy. I uh, list in my hand of 54 known stocks in the S&P and how they would do in, uh, in the inverted. And out of, let's just say, the top 20 I've been working on, there's three that are hurt. Uh, there's 17 that went now, if everybody decides that they're going to pay less for every stock because of this, obviously all of them will lose, and the algorithms are set to make it so all of these lose. But I would point out that our economy is uniquely not as sensitive uh, because these are not exporters that need to have uh, that need to have a dollar weaker. Remember, our dollar is just getting stronger. As these guys, it's an extraordinary rally in dollar. I don't want to see it, but I uh, I struggle to to reach a conclusion that this is all bad, given the fact that Germany has had these rates for some time. And their market's not doing that badly, even though they have an export, export economy. And what's, this, their DAX, in real terms, is up, even though they're exporting the Mercedes-Benz, Volkswagen, and, uh, and BMW right to China. And those sales are very weak, as we see the numbers from China. So it, it's not the end of the world. Or, or the, the German market would be down big. Well, no one's asking if it's the end of the world. They're asking if it's the end of the cycle, right? I, I mean, know. And, and I think that the end of the cycle uh, it heavily relies on things like what Diana Oleg talked about, which is this burst of mortgage refinance. Uh, the end of the cycle, the one I'm, look, if you want the end of the cycle, is Boeing. We don't talk enough about it. Boeing is, Wilbur Ross brought it up a few months ago. Man, I'm concerned. I really am concerned. I just don't know how they get that thing. They got to fix that. And if they did, then we'd have a reacceleration of the economy. I mean, even GE, where there's more insider buying, three now insiders, are, it, it, that's been hurt by it. So I don't want to be too scattershot, but when you look at our S&P, you have to wonder, should we sell Merck? Um, should, we, should we sell Merck on this? Should, should we sell J&J on it? it, it more than 3% yield, a AAA balance sheet. Is this the time to sell Google uh, Alphabet, $130 billion in cash? Now, number six is one that you might want to sell, but I would never do it. Berkshire Hathaway. Why? Because it's filled with the financials that should do badly in this environment. Number nine, J.P. Morgan, even though it yields more than 3%, maybe numbers have to come down. I, I, I do think that in the end, after you take everything down, you then have to look and see what was taken down correctly or not. Um, if Macy's were in the top 10, the answer would be absolutely. But how much is that execution? That's bad execution. Yeah, we're going to talk about uh, Macy's earnings in a moment. It's, it's but uh, it sounds like you don't necessarily disagree with the notion that we get a seasonal low this fall. No, and that I don't disagree. The, the, the chance to buy might be coming later in the year. Uh, I think that, yes, I think that's a good summary of things. I, 
I believe that the volatility is going to be here for a while. I don't like the whippy action because what it says is if you look, yesterday we, we went up, okay? But then we plateaued and we did nothing. We did nothing. And the VIX uh, didn't, didn't go down enough to make me feel that things that, that were kind of out of the woods. We had a good uh, presentation that last night. But then I sit back and I say, okay, what reported last night? Well, real, real. Wow, that was a good quarter. I know that real, real is not Macy's. Uh, Tilray, yep. not that good. Yep. But on a day-to-day basis, uh, I still see reasons to like some things, um, but not as many. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned uh, sort of the whippy action. Uh, J.P. Morgan did have a report out yesterday about market depth and liquidity in August is bad, even for August, below the average since 2010. And the fear is that people have less ammo to withstand some of these crazy swings. Well, let's take what's about to happen. I don't want to get out of order, but WeWork's coming. Well, this market is uniquely not suited to handle the WeWork deal. I mean, if you, you just wish the bankers, which they will never do, would say, wow, this is a bad market. Let's put Newman off. But they're not going to. It, it is, if you had to look, if you had to crystal ball it, I think you'd say, you know, and then what happened is WeWork came and, it was botched. It was a little bit like uh, maybe it was worse than Lyft. And, and then the market fell because of it. And that's what happened in August. There. I just wrote it. No, I, people are joking this morning about the timing of the S1 on the day the curve inverts. Right? Oh, did anyone read that? I mean, the S1 is it is a tome, but it's a tome filled with things that is ju- just awful. And the one that I mean, when you look at it, you're just struck. Holy cow, are they losing money? They, they know how to lose money really well. That's like, what do they do? They lose money. Uh, and by the way, there is that, that page which shows you the relateds, the relateds of what they did and awful. But think about it like this. If you get granular, I mean, what Newman buying buildings and Elysium, not what you want, suboptimal situation. If you look at the revenues, uh, 20, 2018, 1.8 built. Wow, we got to get excited about that. But the total expenses are 3.5. Uh, and those expenses have grown four times. And, and the uh, revenues have grown uh, roughly two and a half times. I guess what I'm saying is, is that this company has found a way to be able to sell. They're making it up in volume, not... Uh, yeah. We're going to get more into the uh, details of what we were gave us today. There's a lot there. Yes. As oh, Jim, so long. As Jim mentioned, Macy's is the other big story of the morning. Down in the pre-market, posting an earnings miss, lowering their guidance for the year. Company says it is still evaluating the impact of new tariffs. Revenues essentially in line. Gannett did say that rising inventory levels became a challenge for Macy's in Q2. Talked to Courtney Reagan and said the customer, quote, has no appetite for price increase right now. Well, I... Mr. Gannett missed the quarter, and he missed the quarter, and he also talked about missing fashion. Rising inventory levels is a challenge. I, look, I think that this is brick and mortar, uh, and brick and mortar in mall is particularly bad. And I think that this is just a continual theme. I think that Jeff is Jeff Gannett. He's sticking by the idea, listen, we have positive comparable store growth. Again, I, I, that is the kind of thing where you just say to yourself, if you had done better in women's sportswear— and in, uh, private label, wouldn't you do better? Think about it like this. They're up against JCPenney. I mean, that's a pitiful company to go up against. Why aren't they doing better? And I, I think it's execution. I think execution plus they talk about the tourist. I'm tired of hearing about the tourist who doesn't come here. Yes, I absolutely know that the dollar is strong. And I know that the, that the uh, beautiful Harold Square store is not up to uh, the numbers. But I still come back to the execution here seems sloppy. Does it seems sloppy? We're going to get some bad numbers from a bunch of brick and mortars, but this is really uh, 
there's something wrong here. Yeah. Something is, wrong. Is your point that they should be taking more share from the likes yes. of Penny? Yes. Yeah. I think that Penny is in very bad shape, but they're in the mall. If you look at the real estate investment trusts that are in the mall and also the ones that are off price, wow. There, there's just people aren't shopping there. People are shopping in Walmart, in Amazon, in Target, in Costco, and in Home Depot. Now, there's some notes saying that Home Depot will not make the quarter. Home Depot had some challenge weather at the end. I think they made it up at the end of the quarter. But this is the time when big, you're either online, and Macy's has got double-digit online, but nowhere near the ones I just mentioned, sure. or you're off price. And Macy's is not off price. It's known as a full price. It's not everyday low price. Everyday low price is working. And if you have big offline, uh, big, big um, off price, you're, you're making so money. So watch is more in tech these watch than Watch is ever. king. Yeah. Watch is king. Now, Macy's, watch this. Macy's has got a lot of inventory. So watch TJX, okay? Watch, watch a Burlington. Burlington is off price and has said over and over again, we have no problem. We can have the right prices. Remember, Gannett says there's no appetite. Uh, for rising prices, well, then people are going to Burlington where the, rice, the prices are falling because they're taking the merchandise that Macy's can't handle because they admit that the inventories are too high, and they're going to sell it to you at lower prices. Macy's is, I'm not saying they're in trouble because the first thing that Gannett did was he paid down a huge amount of debt. I think that they can uh, cover the dividend. The stock acts like they Wait, can't. that's where we are? Covering the dividend? Absolutely. That's the question. That's the question. All right. Well, that's a different universe than talking about getting comps up. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's look at the dividend. Those get don't get those yields unless people think that they can yeah. cover it. That's I think be, they can. Yeah, we're poised to open at the lowest uh, from on Macy's since uh, 2010, which was not. A they good did time. bring their full year. Actually, they, the full year guide down is big. 285 to 305 versus a prior 305 to 325. Right, but that that still presumes that they can pay the dividend. Uh, I believe they can pay the dividend without a problem. Uh, 0.37 quarter, but uh, no one. I feel very alone in that. When, you're, you're have a, when you have a stock that's yielding like 8%, there's not a lot of 8% yielders, particularly in an environment where the 30 years, can, you're getting four times the 30 year. And if they happen to have the right woman's fashion, maybe you've done something. They've got to close more bad stores. I don't know. I, I, Jeff, Jeff Gannett has a real challenge ahead, but he's had a challenge since the beginning. And when he was paying back debt, that was good. But now we wanted to see some sort of fashion grip. And I don't think there's a, there's a raison d'etre problem at Macy's right now. He has a really terrific area in the Herald Square, which is the boutique, the young, the interesting, the millennial. It's not enough. they got to do it in every one of their stores. Yeah. And they haven't been able to blow out the concept. I don't know if the concept scales. Yeah. Uh, department stores in general. It's going to wow, be back to school. they're so be, challenged. Back to school is going to be really P- interesting. PVH. Yeah. But VF Corp, I think, can do okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm not worried about them. The, the, the Macy's thing made me blanch. I saw it and I said, wow, that's just a really bad number. Uh, Jim mentioned we work a moment ago, and we did get the uh, IPO filing. company says it will have three classes of stock uh, and list under the ticker WE, although they do not specify a listing venue. Uh, the three classes are common, Jim. Class B and C have 20 times the votes, so we've been down this road before. Right. Yeah, I, I read that. I've got it. I just thought that was awful. Just plain awful. I mean, look, I know they have great membership growth. Uh, it's Q2 2019-85, Q1 93, Q4 94. I mean, it, it, the numbers are large, but three classes of stock, are they kidding me? I mean, they're just right in our faces. I mean, they're just throwing a, a stinking, so you, you striping think, you think, bass, given the market now, face. they should be giving us a little more honey? 
Oh, yeah. I, guys, why don't you just blow it up? I, and the related party stuff, I happen to like Newton. I think that he's, he's unique. He's funny, soulful, gripping. Uh, zeitgeist got it. Uh, but this deal is precisely what I don't want right now uh, versus real, real, small scale, uh, doing some uh, kind of a, a boutique business that uh, luxury, re- <laughs> luxury second hand, kind of cool. Real, real's working. Uh, when you look at, at, at the WeWork, you say to yourself, couldn't the bankers rein them in at all? Do they have any control over what's going on? They've lost control of this deal. And we will look back and say, wow, they lost control. Interesting. Uh, Lead, uh, Goldman, uh, B of A, uh, J.P. Morgan. The spoke points out this morning in the six months that just ended, June, they lost an additional 90 cents for every incremental dollar of revenue that they earned. I mean, yeah, to your point, Jim, not to mention uh, almost 40 billion in contractual obligations. That's not counting the leases that haven't started. And you know, I've been looking into this business. There are a lot of competitors. This is not the only company that does this. And by the way, in many different venues, they're not they're not the cheapest. In some, they're the most expensive. We always heard how cheap they are. So, I mean, just it, this is not the model with the they they don't have the model I want. They don't have the share structure I want. They don't have the lower costs, and they have what I regard as a very conflicted, I buy buildings and lease them to you, which maybe Newman can change. Newman has to, be, has to have a press conference on this one. A he press does. conference? A press conference. For, so that we can ask Sir, questions? why are you screwing every single shareholder? Well, no, I'm not, you see, because I'm not. What about the, all right, they're in 111 cities. Yeah, there they you say go. they can launch in almost 170 more. Well, Total addressable market of half, a quarter billion people. Do you buy that? No. No. I mean, someone was saying to me today, if there's a recession, do they do well? And I said, well, uh, there are a lot of businesses that won't do well. Maybe they need to go to WeWork, but there'll be much little. There's not going to be as much business creation. And that's what you need to see. Small business creation. Small, small businesses is, is, is who uses them. Uh, they do get filled up very quickly right now uh, because our economy is not that bad. But I, what I'm upset about is, is that they are coming public not unlike what happened with, uh, with Uber. It's just not a good time. It, it's just, to me, they're losing too much money. They're just losing too much money. And I don't like that, particularly when we have all these stories about recession. I don't want to be in a company that's levered to, to, to new formation of business with a huge amount of debt that has conflicted uh, deals with the CEO that has three classes of stock. I mean, if you had to create, I mean, let's say we were doing a play. Let's say we were creating a farce. The, the producers. Yes. The producers. Springtime for Hitler. Yeah, well, it's they call it springtime for Newman, <laughs> uh, of which, by the way, that would be, he doesn't like, I'm sure that would be a band of uh, allegorical right. there. But yes, like, let's create something. Carl, let's create a company that we know is not going to make it. And what we'll do is we'll go take a lot of money from everybody. And we'll just not make it. it. That's okay, right? Because I mean, fat, 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 Max Bialystok. Yeah, right, right. I mean, Bialystok, Bialystok in this one. Yeah. Bialystok is what class does Bialystok have? I think he's in the fourth class. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna kick uh, we work around a lot today. Oh, There's yeah. a lot to work with in there. We're gonna get Kramer's mad dash. We'll count down to the opening bell. Obviously, futures look weak. As if you missed it already, the yield curve briefly inverts for the first time in 12 years. And with that, futures not far from session lows. Dow looks open down 340.
Hi, I'm Ben Rizzuto, wealth strategist at Janice Henderson Investors. Is a brighter future possible? At Janice Henderson, we think it is. For 90 years, we've worked to help clients achieve superior financial outcomes and fulfill our purpose of investing in a brighter future together. We know that this means our thinking and our investments are helping to shape millions of futures. At Janice Henderson, we are committed to helping you invest in a brighter future for the next 90 years and beyond. To learn more, go to JaniceHenderson.com. Officials from the United States Coast Guard making their way into the New York Stock Exchange. Bringing the dollar in a few moments. In the meantime, Let's get uh, Kramer's mad dash today watching some Tilray. Yeah, so Melissa last night, they I talked a lot about it with the CEO. And my problem is, is that while they had great revenues, and that was applauded on the conference call, once the conference call was ended, the analysts are starting to talk about how, wow, they're just not doing that well in terms of earnings. There are also some problems with how much they're making in Canada. Uh, the prices crashed there. Uh, I do think that Tilray has not distinguished himself. I was hoping they'd do medical overseas. Uh, there is an article today about cannabis in the paper and uh, the New York Times about it, the claims. I mean, right now, I have to tell you, my, uh, my dog, NVIDIA, who reports tomorrow, reacts, reacts to the cannabis on his, on his uh, uh, well, I guess, what are they called, knees? These are CBD treats? CBD treats. And he's reacting in a good way. Yeah, well, because he's having trouble jumping on top of the bed, but we give him some of the CBD and he just leaps. Interesting. Yeah, so there you go. That's a little anecdotal. But look, this is a company that uh, I think is not as well run as Kronos. Kronos? Had an amazing quarter. No one's talking enough about that. Altria gave them money. Gornsey's doing a good job. And he has this Lord Jones, which is the brand. I mean, he's been able to really, a lot of these guys say that they have brands. Lord Jones is the brand that, that people use. Uh, and I think that this is the one, if it goes down off a Tilray, you buy it. Interesting. They did say they would be having some supply deals announced in the coming months. Is that something you can pin your well, head on? Well, I mean, I know there are a lot of people who think that. Uh, some of the more consumer packaged goods companies have to do something. The consumer packaged goods companies that I talked to were saying, we can't touch this until we know that it's legal everywhere. And they just keep referring to that. And that means they're not going to do it. Uh, I, look, I have to tell you, the, the, the thing that's driving sales in this kind of illicit market that's no longer illicit is Spike Seltzer, which is uh, Sam Adams with Boston Beer. Everybody wants to know who has spiked seltzer. Uh, not as many people are talking about spiked cannabis drinks because I don't know if anyone's had them like on the roadside. Like I, if they that's taste all true, why did Constellation get out in front so much? Well, because they believe that it's going to be legal. Uh, they're not as oriented toward the hemp market. And when it's legal, it does have it's going to displace a lot of people think two hundred and fifty billion dollars with the consumer products. I do think what uh, Canopy, which is reports, was hurt uniquely by the fact that Bruce Linton was spending like a drunken uh, a cannabis in, uh, sailor. No offense to the sailors that I see over here in my background. Uh, and uh, when Canopy reports, we'll have a new CEO. We'll see what happens. But Tilray just doesn't they don't have the mojo. They don't have the mojo. To use that very technical term, yes. they don't have the yes. mojo. Yep. Obviously, in a week tape this morning, but we get uh-huh. to the point. Well, it's not J&J, in case you were thinking confusing J&J with AAA balance sheet. Speaking of week tape, take one more look at the pre-market. We'll get that opening bell in nine minutes. Don't go away. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. 
For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. The average uh, daily move on the Dow so far this month is 473 points. And futures indicate we're not going to be too far off of that at the open. We'll get that opening bell in just about six minutes. You're watching CNBC Squawk on the Street, live from the financial capital of the world. The opening bell in about three and a half minutes, obviously a very busy morning as the yield curve inverts and futures are, are red. Uh, meantime, CBS and Viacom are each moving lower in the pre-market a day after announcing they have agreed to merge. Viacom CEO Bob Backish will be the CEO of the combined company to be called Viacom CBS. This is what Backish told our Andrew Ross Sorkin about the deal and about content scale earlier this morning. You look at, at content, we clearly have scale in content between uh, the studios that we operate, Paramount Television, CBS Television Studios, Paramount Pictures, Nickelodeon Animation, Viacom International Studios. Again, a library of 140,000 television episodes, 3,600 films. Uh, we have 750 series ordered to or in production. There is true content scale here. Obviously, on a moment like this, got to bring in David. Uh, on, the, on the phone, David Faber joins us to talk about the deal, David, and sort of the mixed reception uh, to the notion that CBS might have a big DTC offer. Yeah, I think that's a key point, guys. Uh, by the way, the show is really good. I just want to say that watching from my hotel room, I realize why it's so popular. Uh, you don't even need me. But uh, that said, um, sorry I wasn't there to obviously deal with this deal. We've been waiting for four years. The third time did prove the charm. But, Carl, you know, in listening to back, just speak to Andrew Sorkin, um, they are going to make a lot of their DTC offering, which we know is Pluto TV, this ad-supported video-on-demand service, and obviously, yes, all access, which was early out of the box. But neither one of them, when combined with the ecosystem that he was describing in any way, is of the likes of a Netflix or what will be a Disney Plus or even a Hulu at this point. And so, you know, it will be a question as to what kind of scale you really can get there. Because that's, you know, scale doesn't always mean a lot. And I've certainly seen for the last 25 years, every deal announced so, so often when it's about scale, oh, we need it, we need it. It doesn't always work. But in this case, in terms of direct-to-consumer and the changes that are going on overall in terms of cord cutting, we do know that scale is incredibly important, right? You need to be global. You have this platform. The efficiencies, obviously, are enormous but you can continually increase your subscriber count. Is this enough, guys? I don't know. You know, I don't know that it is. Uh, David, on Friday, uh, well, last week, Bob Backus reported at Viacom a really strong number. They talked about advertising being up first time in a very long time. They obviously have some good news in, on the movie slate. Uh, do you think the stock would be higher if it weren't involved with CBS? 
Um, I think it might be a bit higher. I think there was a little bit of surprise maybe that the ratio came in sort of where it did because it was lower than it was last time. But, Jim, I, I, you know, at the same time, I think that the market, given all of the reporting that has been done, primarily right now by, by us, uh, uh, I think the market was waiting for it and was, uh, was already sort of a, 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 a getting itself ready. So the ratio was already almost set by the marketplace to some extent. Remember, of course, last time, Viacom shareholders would have owned 39 points. I think it was 3% of the combined company. This time, they'll own 38.9%. But this time, their guy's in charge. And they, you know, they don't have won some of the issues as opposed to the last time with CBS. Well, David, you are missed. Uh, please come yes. back in a hurry. Uh, David Faber interrupting some time off uh, to join us on the phone on the Viacom CBS. David, thanks. There's the opening bell and the S&P 500. Pretty negative breath of the big board. It's the United States Coast Guard in celebration of 229 years of public service at the NASDAQ investment firm Wahed Invest in celebration of its ETF. By the way, to David's point, uh, Bernstein, downgrade CBS today, Jim. Yes. We don't believe their version of a, de- a direct-to-consumer product would have meaningful consumer appeal. The investment would wipe out the synergies and then some. Well, that's, that's a little, fair. That's a little too bearish. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that the combination is good. Look, it's like the pick the wrong day to stop sniffing glue. I mean, this is the wrong day for a merger to happen. <laughs> it's not fair to judge it. I think people are judging it. And Backish is uniquely uh, unable to pull this off. And I think that they can absolutely pull it off. I think that it's got a lot of good things going for it. And that people are just way too negative. I really feel way too negative about it. Uh, they haven't followed what Backish has done. I mean, Backish has made major changes. He's not just standing there doing absolutely nothing. And uh, I do think it's just a shame that it's today. Because I think that Viacom will be a very thoughtful piece by Moffat Nathanson about some of the good news here. Uh, people are not even paying any attention to how fabulous that Viacom quarter was last week. So Just bad, overlook. Bad day for a merger close or a merger agreement and a bad day for an S1? Is that, yeah, I'm looking for what it's a good day for other than those, uh, those ETFs that do well when the market goes down. Uh, look, I, Let's just rewind the clock here. Yesterday at this time, the, uh, the government, the President Trump gave a, a big reprieve to Apple. So today there's a, an inversion. So is Apple really worth, uh, was it worth being up eight yesterday? Is it worth down four? Let's just average it out. Come on. Come on. Let's stop being completely slaves to the algorithms. But I'll tell you why. Because tomorrow, let's say the, thir- the 30 year is at 1.75, which is what people are trying to get out ahead of. Yep, yep. Well, I mean, I guess we just replay this. And that's the one fit. I mean, look, we're headed to where the rest of the world is. Should we? I think we're stronger than the rest of the world. It doesn't matter. There's a tremendous pull because the rest of the world, the flows of funds are so easy. I once bought Gilders uh, and went out to lunch with my dad. We went to Burger King. We came back and the, the Soviet Union had been overthrown. And I lost 2% while I, while I was having a have it your way. And it was really hard. I didn't close the trade correctly. It was really hard to transfer money into Gilders. Well, Gilders don't exist anymore. Everything I'm talking about is just a wire transfer. And it's like, what are you doing with negative yields there when you get positive yields here and a stronger dollar? There is money, by the way, in other countries. We tend to think that, well, there's no money in Germany. And they have a lot of money, 770 million people in that continent. Sure. I do think that we don't talk enough about Brexit. And the fear that that's uh, that's so. That's a big reason why uh, ZEW was a mess yesterday. I thought so. 
I mean, look, look, the amount David said something very interesting. Well, we kind of had this, I'll summarize it. This Viacom CBS on we, it's like, oh, just get it over with. I mean, we're like that with Brexit, just get it over with. And you know, we'll deal with it for a quarter and then maybe things will shake out correctly. Brexit is paralyzing Europe. It's just paralyzing. Huh? And whatever that's not was China and they're selling. Like when I went to the Lamborghini factory, I mean, they're not, those things are not headed to Portugal. Not at $450,000. They're headed to China. Right. By the way, they like yellow cars there. They but do. here they look like cabs. <laughs> That's true. Uh, Dow's down 405. Uh, to Jim's larger point about uh, global trade, we did have the Commerce Secretary on earlier today. He said that uh, they delayed the tariffs to avoid disrupting Christmas. Right. Uh, they didn't really get any concessions in return for delaying those tariffs. And there's no date set for the September trade talks. He also talked about the prospect of a U.S. recession. Take a listen to that. Eventually, there will be a recession. So the idea that one thousandth of one percent inversion, which is what I saw on your screen a little before, is going to be the end of the economy, strikes me as a little aggressive. All right. So what do we do with that, Jim? Look, I I, I like Uber Ross's view. He's always always been very thoughtful. Uh, You're taking your cue from the inverted, and everyone's decided that that trumps everything and that uh, there isn't anything to do because it's going to be inverted other than sell because there'll be even more inverted tomorrow. To me, that is just like paying more for a stock today and then paying more for it tomorrow. Look, I totally get the fact of what's happening in inversion. But again, if if Germany had been inverted for this long, why why isn't that market down like 25% or down 10%? The answer is is at a certain point it becomes on we about even inversion uh, because there's lots of companies that are going to do very well. And we forget that yesterday Apple was going to do really well, but today they're doing less well. I mean, when I go over the S&P, look, I just go over this S&P 500 list. And I'm saying, you know what, maybe you want to come in and buy Disney when the smoke clears. But maybe it's better than we think. Do you want to sell MasterCard after a gigantic insider buy by a guy who used to run U.S. Bank Corp? No, I don't want to sell MasterCard. It's fintech. I understand why you would want to sell Bank of America. Because they may not make as much money. Uh, but then you take a look at City. It's 62. Now you're talking about it being $5 below a clean, scrub, tangible book. And there's one buyer, and it's Mike Corbett. But doesn't Mike Corbett know more about well, it, the CEO, than we do? In that case, we better hope that buybacks pick up because they are decreasing from last year's pace. Well, the banks are pretty much steady. Uh, they got a lot of money. VIX is up 20 to 20. Yep. Uh, look, let it settle in. Let Europe close. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that the world is ending because everyone else is doing that. And they're looking at this one thing, which is the, how the algorithms are set versus the 30 year. And I'm looking at Warren Buffett and I think he's saying, all right, this too shall pass. All right. So, well, I mean, are we get, are we going to be getting another op ed saying buy American? I am. I mean, that's probably. That, yeah. At some point that's in the offer. Well, buy American, not we work. <laughs> we don't want we were. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of equity offerings that have come that are not necessarily what I want. But let's talk about Procter and Gamble. Okay, I, I am sitting down with David Taylor and with Nelson Peltz, who, by the way, has having a very good year, uh, about how this company has changed. They are a big beneficiary of commodity deflation. Uh, they don't sure they don't do uh, well with a strong dollar. But they're having a really good year, and they're doing uh, much better than we thought. So let Procter come down and then buy it. How about James Quincy? James Quincy had remarkable numbers. I'm talking about Coca-Cola. So how about we buy some Coca-Cola? Oh, never mind. It's up. 
the market's smarter than but I But your am. shopping list, again, remains it's, Coke, it's Procter. Same, right? It's the shopping list that you used in the third week of April of 2000 when the S&P began to divorce itself from the NASDAQ. And that's a small list, but included great companies like, like Coca-Cola, like Merck. Uh, I just don't want to get too negative because everyone else is taking care of that for me. Uh, I don't re- think that's wrong. No, your point's well made. Retailers obviously leading the charge lower. Uh, Macy's, Kohl's, Nordstrom, LB, PVH, all the names that were on fire yesterday. Macy's, is their execution's bad. My chapel trust sold some Kohl's yesterday, figured it's going to be bad. You know, bad, bad, bad. Mall. Now, Kohl's is strip mall versus enclosed mall. Macy's is not where you want to be. Kohl's has an Amazon deal where you can return your Amazon products. That matters. But it may not matter enough. Uh, Michelle Goss doing a good job, but not good enough. And fighting headwinds of not wanting to go to the mall because this is a watch moment. As I, I'm only pointing out these watches because they have the scale. I have the, I'll go further. I think this is Walmart's time. I think Walmart is not going to have a, 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 they will not have to have a turn on, a, they'll not have to pass through a tariff, the September 1 tariffs. They'll have a good holiday season. Doug McMillan is doing terrifically. They had an amazing quarter. They have a really good uh, online proposal. Remember how good online was? And people hate the stock. And that's, they hate it today. And that's wrong. Brian Cornell has reinvented Target. I have been to a bunch of Targets in the last uh, months, including one all the way up in 1500 uh, uh, Flatbush Avenue. They are gorgeous stores, gorgeous, and they're doing quite well. Uh, he will not have a problem uh, with the tariffs now. Three and a quarter percent yield. If that go, that's not analogous to Macy's. It's doing much better than Macy's. I want to buy Target here and buy some more if it gets to 79. So these are cheap enough, in your view? I think the point. Target at 13 times earnings is too cheap. Uh, on the uh, on a similar note, uh, we talk about money losing startups. Uber hits thirty five thirty five. Well, that's going to be the lowest uh, price since the IPO. Yeah, that's a cab company. That's the problem. You know, kind of a cab company. Speaking of yellow cars, I mean they're an ecosystem. Yeah. The, the ecosystem. I mean, what do they? They lose money on delivering food, and they don't do well. They are literally. That's another one of these companies. I'm not kidding. They're paying 10 bucks to the drivers to make eight bucks. And they, what they need is autonomous driving, which I think we know from Lyft is not going to be for a long time. And they need to get into a room and do something illegal with Lyft, which they're not do, which is to fix prices. And they're not allowed to. So it's a race to the bottom there. I just I think Dara is a fantastic CEO. But I do think that those guys are uniquely challenged because... Uh, let's say Amazon goes into the food delivery business because they do everything else. There's just there's too much competition, uh, and they're not able to make as much money per driver. Yeah. I mean, if what you're saying is true at scale, then a lot of these large companies, scale. highly levered, uh, ambitious, addressable markets, yeah, the are TAM. starting to the headwinds are getting harder. Yes, it is. Yeah. And I, I do think that. Look, I just don't want to. I don't want to own that stock now when I've got a lot of stocks that have accidentally high, high yield, high dividends. Uh, now, here's it, when you look at a company. I'm just going to use this. I don't want to buy. I'm going to preface this, but I don't want to buy. I don't want to buy. And then, by the way, I don't want to buy it. International paper yields five percent, but at this point in the cycle, stocks at thirty-eight. The textbook says you must sell IP. You have to sell it. That their business is going to uh, really roll over. Uh, and I look at it and say, well, kind of anticipate all that. It's at five. But can it go to six? I guess so. Uh, that's what a lot of the companies are, that I'm looking at. They can still go down another 5%. But at that point, I think we have to just take a breath and say, is it really that bad? Yeah. 
We don't want to just sit there and buy nothing but Agnico Eagle and Barrick. Or, or Semper Energy or any of the other utilities uh, rising today. I like those guys. Yep. Hey, I've got to tell you, I'm looking at Southern. Southern is not well-run utility, and it's doing okay. Dominion. Dominion is the, one of the lowest-cost producers of electricity. It's where Alphabet puts its servers. It yields five. Tom Farrell's terrific. They have a great natural gas LNG export. I, I have blue, blue coal. I, I want to buy it. Okay. I want to buy it. There. Take that, Mr. Inverted Yield Curve, whoever you are. How's Newman doing? For, for the time being, we've lost 26K. Kramer, Kramer and Newman, there you go. <laughs> Coke's the only component in the green. Let's get to Bob Pisani. Good morning, Bob. Uh, and I agree with Jim. This is not about the inverted yield curve. This is about slower global growth. That's why the market is down. And you can see the sectors, of course, that are always moving on global growth are weaker. The banks, semiconductors, energy, industrials. This is a new low for the year. And energy stocks, a lot of 10-year lows in that particular sector. As I said, I know everybody's concerned about the inverted yield curve. The inverted yield curve is an effect. It is not a cause. The cause of this is slower global growth. And we see the numbers today. Look at these big international numbers that we've been seeing. Uh, China industrial output up 4.8%. It was supposed to be up 6%. This is the lowest we have seen in 17 years for China. German GDP is negative, down 0.1%. It was up 0.4% in the prior quarter. Weaker global growth is the problems that we're seeing right now overall. You can see this in Europe, in the autos. They're all down notably today. They're all sitting at new lows. There's Daimler and Volkswagen and BMW. It's not shocking because they see the Chinese numbers as well as we do here. That's a multi-year low, by the way, uh, for Daimler. You see the semiconductors, another just proxy for global growth. Those stocks are all on the weak side today. You don't even have to pick them out. They're all down as a group. Oil, we've been talking about Occidental. We're at 10-year lows. It's a $40 billion market cap now in some of these oil stocks here. Uh, Halliburton, that's a 10-year low here. These are weak here, though not 10-year lows. But these are all Again, global growth stories. Ultimately, we've talked all morning about Macy's and the effect there about what's going on in the department stores. So you get the retail effect as well. And you put it all together. uh, We've seen a shift into defensive stocks. Now, we asked our friends at Kensho. Okay, so what about this freak out on the inverted yield curve? We've had this three times since 1980s. We've we've seen that put up the Kensho chart here for you. And what we've seen is six months after the yield curve inverted, the last three times that happened, what we saw is utilities are up. No surprise there. Consumer staples tend to be up six months later. But the S&P is also up three and a half percent. So everybody said, oh, we're in imminent danger here of the market uh, uh, turning south. History, at least the last several times this has happened, doesn't necessarily support that. So what do you buy? You know, it does do tend to do well is the dividend yielding stocks. Obviously, you saw the utilities. There's a ETFs. There's a whole bunch of ETFs that do this. The Vanguard Dividend Appreciation, VIG, if you put that out, this has been outperforming the Dow Jones Industrial Average for a while now, up 10 percent in the last year versus 3 percent. They tend to own stocks of companies that are increasing their dividend, not the highest yield. Don't make that mistake. Increasing the dividend is the key. You get Procter & Gamble. You get all sorts of stocks that are in the middle range uh, in that particular group. Johnson & Johnson even owns Microsoft. So you might want to look at some of these ETFs that are engaged in dividend, and that's when getting a very good volume recently. Guys, back to you. We'll see you in a bit, uh, Bob Pisani. Obviously, uh, rates are a big story today. Let's get to Rick at the bomb pits in Chicago. Good morning, Rick. Good morning, Carl. You know, Bob said a lot of important things. Cause, effect. You know, many will say that global slowing is the cause and the effect may be the inverted curve. But why is Europe and much of the world slowing? Partially to trade, partially to negative rates. Look at the financial sector. 
This is unbelievable. We have policy, the big gorilla in the room, and everybody seems to forget how it got there. It's policy. And as far as the inversion of the curve being meaningful, it almost doesn't matter. I contend that if the data was better today, we'd still be down. It's a knee-jerk reaction that computers can't help themselves. Let's look at a three-day chart of tens minus twos. It's like taking a walk from the mid-level of the house down into the basement, just staircasing straight down. It's low intraday today is darn close to minus two basis points. It hasn't closed negative since June 5th of 2007. But maybe even a bigger story today is continuing uh, our rates and their historic presence. Look at a 10-year new cycle lows going back to September of 2016. And the story of the day, 30-year bond yields intraday getting very close to 201. They're all-time forever in a day. Low yield close is 210. It certainly looks like we have a very good chance to make some 30-year bond yield history today. And if we look at other spots along the globe, let's look at an intraday of Boone's. Minus 65 plus is the low, currently trading minus 64 plus. Now, I'm sure that didn't contribute to the fact that Germany had down one-tenth of one percent for their recent GDP read today. And finally, let's look to the UK. It's not as though they have any other issues to contend with Brexit. That They are trading under 50 basis points. Also, as you see on this 20-year chart, the lowest yields ever in gilts as well. Carl and Jim, back to you. All right, Rick, thanks very much. Meantime, it appears that Alibaba's Joe Tsai is about to make some business history and sports. Sources telling the New York Post that Tsai will buy the 51% of the Brooklyn Nets he doesn't already own from Russian billionaire Mikhail Prokhorov. The price tag, $2.35 billion. That would mark the highest price ever paid for a sports franchise, wow. surpassing the 2-2 Tepper paid for the Panthers. There's, there's inflation in, uh, in franchises, that's for sure. That's very exciting. Yeah. They've got a good team. Coach Kenny Atkinson is very smart. I think uh, Family Guy, too, really sensational. That is going to be fantastic. And I'm going back to being a season ticket holder after taking a couple-year break. Really? Yes, I am. I'm going back because it's a fabulous place to watch a game. It is. That is definitely good. true. Yeah. It's just so true. much fun. And Atkinson is a joy. I, I, there's just a lot of good spirit in that team. And I don't like the Warriors. Good spirit. It's also your neighborhood team. It's, it's point out. a yes. few blocks from me in Bar <laughs> San Miguel, and I just really appreciate that Zai's doing. Yeah. He's a good owner. He'll be like Bomber. I mean, he's a you know, fired up guy. Loves the game. That's, yes. That counts. Uh, meantime, Dow down 438 here. Obviously, we're back to 2879 on the S&P. It's going to be a long day, so uh, rest up. Let's get uh, some more market action after this break. Don't go away. Obviously, negative breath, S&P down 1.6%. Utilities, the only sector in the green this morning, and just barely. Dow's down 400. We'll get stopped trading with Jim after a break. Let's get stopped trading. Okay. A week ago, Lisa Sue spoke. Advanced micro wants some very big business, including Alphabet. Everyone was going crazy. Stock bike to 34. Well, here we are. Back to where it was before she spoke. Did things really change? Is it the inverted yield curve? Is it going to crush them? Is it uh, a company that has too much debt? No, but actually could refinance. I've got to tell you, Carl, this is an example of what I don't like about this market, but I do like about the opportunity. She's doing a fantastic job. Whoever thought she would get a second chance to buy this one? Buy it. 
uh, around here? By half, and then tomorrow, when NVIDIA is supposed to not do a great number, uh, they'll have good things to say, I think, about the data center, and that's, in, that's AMD's sweet spot. They did just benefit from what happened yesterday with the president and the tariffs. Yeah. So it's all much yeah, better yeah, than it was video a week game ago. Consoles. Although much the, better than we Later ago. in the day, we started to parse more about what is going to be delayed and what won't. Depends on what kind of chip, uh, what application your device is in, right? It's yeah, but it seems you know, laptops, I mean, they're uniquely in exactly where you should be. be. Uh, Micron was up too. Micron yeah. is there. Uh, I just think that we can all panic um, or we can think about what's down a lot with a good yield. It's starting to do well. Uh, I've been waiting for Coca-Cola to come in since, uh, since Quincy reported that quarter. It has not come in. It just doesn't. And uh, you know, I'm waiting for it to come in. I'm waiting for the world then so I can get in it. The one that you want to watch, by the way, if you think that this thing is going to come back, is Roku. I mean, you know, you hate the Viacom deal? Well, the one part, they have this one court-cutting division that's doing well. Go buy some Roku. Look, I, I, I'm, Roku is up too much, but I'm saying that that's the short squeeze name. And, of course, court cutting and the other thing that matters, beyond meat. Beyond meat. I, ti- I tire, Carl. <laughs> I tire. Yes, you do. Even you get tired of some I stuff. I do. Yeah. I had a really the guy next to me had a really good cheeseburger at, um, at Longshoreman, our restaurant. It was, you know what it was? It was 100% certified be- uh, prime beef. Now, that could be a big mistake. <laughs> I know. Because it doesn't have any additives. It doesn't have a lot of salt. You know, it actually has a clean label, and that's... Well, that's the days of past. So tonight, uh, you're going to have Cisco to play with. Yeah. Yes. Now, what's important tonight, I have a company. I, I, I have a garden, Carl. What I do, I grow tomatoes, bell peppers, and large, cucumbers. Large tomatoes. Toma- yes. yes. Well, I have the company on that does the same thing, Village Farms. What they've done, though, in their greenhouses, if they've had cannabis. Carl, I've not taken that radical step because this is not Oregon. If you do, you'll let me know? Oh, you'll be the first okay, to know. All right, and the on. name is going to be Leaves of Grass. <laughs> right. Uh, Jim, we'll see you tonight. Mad Money, 6 p.m. Uh, Dow down 367, slightly off of session lows. You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx.